This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. And we welcome you to this edition of Tuesday People, the podcast. I'm your host, Mitch Album, the author of the book, Tuesdays with Maury, which is in its 25th anniversary year with a special edition of it out now, which a lot of people have been getting and I guess are planning on getting for the holidays based on the number of them that I'm getting sent to me asking oh. <laughs> if I can sign them. Merry Christmas and happy holidays. But that's that's fine. Alisa Goitz, as you can hear, is alongside my producer and friend uh, who puts together this podcast. Lisa, last week we talked about finding a place for eternal rest, the, yes. the idea of making a decision as to where you're going to be buried and how many people put that off literally until the end uh, when it's all about the end. And so I said that I was going to check the uh, local cemetery here, which I think is is becoming my first choice ah. uh, because it's where, well, it's where I live and it's yeah. where people know me and all of Janine's family is here. It's it's not where my family is. And I think that's the yin and the yang. We talked about this last week about, do you want to be buried where your parents are? Do you want to be buried where, you're, where you and your wife feel most comfortable, you and your husband or partner feel most comfortable? What if that's away from your family? What if it's away from your brothers and sisters? What if it's closer to one than the other? What if you know one's an East Coaster and one's a West Coaster? These are really interesting and challenging decisions to make. For such an important decision, yes. But I, I, I went to the uh, nearby cemetery that's here, and in my hometown here, and it goes back to like the 1800s. It's a beautiful cemetery, uh, and there are there are tombstones there from you know 1870 and 1880. And wow! You know, but I, I just figured that a cemetery that old, they just would be out of space, right? You know, so you got to figure any place that goes back that long. I mean, they probably filled up long ago. But I'm told that they do have space. So oh, now huh? I'm, yeah. So now <laughs> I, I was kind of walking around trying to figure out, well, what part of this is still open, you know? Yeah. Uh, and, and that's a hard thing to navigate. It's, it's weird to talk about. It's a hard thing to navigate in a, in a cemetery. Is that an open stretch of grass there or does that belong to that guy? You know, did, yeah, did, yeah. Uh, did that family buy some extra real estate and and cut out the corner there, or is that actually open? How much space really is there between graves? When they say, yes, we have open space, are they talking about wedging you between, you know, Johnson and Williams, you know, <laughs> the one to the left, the one to the right? So there's there's a lot to uh, lot to kind of consider about it. And, uh, you know, Today I'm going to have... Well, I was going to say, did they walk you through there like a real estate agent where, you know, you're going to get a piece of property or a house or something? You know, was it like, oh, Mitch, we'd love to show you this lovely. Here's, um, a, here's a lovely uh, 12 by 12. No, great th I did, they here. will do that. They will do that. But I didn't ask them to do that. I just went and looked on my own. But yeah. I'm going to I'm going to need them to do that because it's uh, like I said, some of them are taken. They're just. Yeah. Taken. And you. And you can, you can, um, you know, purchase extra, like if you don't want anybody around you, 
Right. You can buy right. like four and then you and Janine can have some buffer between you and Jack Johnson and uh, Mary Williams. Yeah. <laughs> place place to sit. Yes. Uh, also, uh, I'd like to have a bench there. So ah, bench. I encourage people to stay a little bit longer. Otherwise, you, you know, it's a little bit like standing room only. You, you're only going to, the crowd's only going to stay for so long <laughs> if they don't have a place to sit. So I think a bench is a, a bench great idea. Nice. Yeah. 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 So anyhow, that was last week's show, and, and uh, we hope you enjoyed it. I got some interesting feedback from that from a lot of different people. Um, today, I want to talk about something that is a little more uh, fleshy, shall we say, huh? uh, and oh. a little more uh, right, right as we're living now. So I've uh, this week, I've, I had some, in fact, even this morning, I had a couple doctor's appointments. And at one stretch during the doctor's appointment, uh, I was being examined by a, a woman doctor, probably about 20 years younger than me. And she said, okay, take off your shirt. I have to, I have to uh, check your breathing, you know, standard kind of thing. Yeah. And as I did, I found myself, I just took off my shirt. And, and I remember in younger days when doctors, male or female, would say, you know, take off your shirt, I would be kind of self-conscious about, am I in good shape? You know, these people see so many yeah. bodies, you know, uh, and you're always hoping that you'll take off your shirt and they'll go, wow, you're working out or something like right. you know, make some kind of comment like that. Generally, doctors don't do that because no. A, they've seen so many bodies, it doesn't, nothing impresses them or nothing scares them. And B, it's inappropriate. But I found today like, you know what, I think I've just reached the age where I'm not sucking in my stomach. I'm not yeah. like, I always back. do that back my shoulders or something yeah. like that, just to try to be a little bit more impressive for the doctor. <laughs> I, I've just sort of said, ah, this is the body that I, that I am. And, and, you know, they, they, even uh, when you get to a certain age, you start to shrink. I've noticed also height wise, like I used to measure five, eight on these, when you go in and they do the height thing yeah, and uh, you know, you stand up against the wall and now I'm coming in under five, seven. You know, what? And, and I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And, and, and I want to say to them, you're pressing that thing down way too hard, right. you know, you, <laughs> uh, and, uh, but it's probably just, you know, age and you start to, you start to get a little smaller. Maybe your hair is not as high as it used to be. Maybe, you know, maybe I'm not using as much product. To maybe keep you it need up. more, you need more gel. <laughs> yeah. The eighties, I was much taller. So I, I think there's a point at which you say, okay, you know, this is my body and I'm, I'm just happy that it's working and yes. that's enough. And then I, I started to think about how Maury dealt with this. And this was, this was something that was a much more of a challenge for Maury because his body was not only old at 78, but it was decaying mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. meaning functionality was being lost. And there was a lot to learn by how Maury handled this. And I remember one particular Tuesday we talked about this particular subject. This was already after a number of weeks into my visits and certainly a number of months into his diagnosis where he was already sort of having to make his mind up about how he's going to handle it. And as he pointed out, he'd always sort of felt that people didn't need to be as inhibited about their bodies as they as they were, or as he observed they had been during his lifetime. Listen. I told you, I don't agree with so many things in the culture. 
that are insane, like pursuing money, like it's God, you know, or being people ashamed to talk about money, or about their private parts. Why? What the hell is the innate uh, prohibition about that? All cultures develop these prohibitions, but they're man-made, they're women-made. They can be dropped by men or women. And in an extreme situation like this, I have no choice but to drop it or be miserable. Well, there are plenty of things to be miserable about, and I don't have to have one that's unnecessary. And it was purely like that. It didn't take me very long, maybe a day or two. So it was done once or twice. What's the big deal? What's the big deal? Not at all. So, as I say, you can hear that Maury long had an attitude towards not being ashamed about talking about his body or things like that. But then when the disease hit, like he said, he had one or two days, and then he had to, he had to just face it. He was going yeah. to be examined by doctors left and right. He was going to be tested and probed and pushed and massaged and, and slapped on the back uh, to, to get his lungs working and so many different things. So then I asked, well, okay, in the progression of that, had he reached some point of shame? Wasn't one particular development in the disease for you that was physically most embarrassing to you? Uh, it hasn't happened yet. If I peed in my pants or shat in my pants, that would be embarrassing. I'd probably get over that too. But at the moment, I haven't had to face it. So I haven't sort of worked it through. But yesterday, I had a new woman come in, a very attractive young woman, who had to take my pants down, help me peep. Didn't embarrass me at all. Not one whit. So there are certain things I can do with ease. Other things I can't do, but I've done it with embarrassment. It has to do with the pain. The pain is difficult for me to take. Like my leg. When I get into a coughing spell, and the stuff is stuck here, I can't cough it up. I'm going to get exhausted trying to. Or when uh, I can't eat because my lungs are being squeezed because of the chair. Or when I'm so terribly fatigued that I don't have the energy to relate to my friends, or when I have this bad voice, it's hard to communicate. So these are the things that trouble me, but don't embarrass me. So you hear Maury talking about what bothers him Mm -hmm. about his body is more that he can't, he's too tired, and he can't spend the time with his friends, as opposed to, I'm not as buff as I wish I were. I don't yeah. have a six pack like I wish I did. And I, it, it's, it's worth asking yourself, 
at what point in life do you just sort of accept this is my body? That doesn't mean you don't work on it or try to stay in shape or make it as beautiful as you would like to make it, but it's not a competition anymore, if you know what I mean. It's not yeah. like I have to I have to match up with the youngest person. Uh I have to be I, I can't I honestly, Lisa, I can't imagine. I can't imagine what women go through in this area because it's bad enough. Men have this subtle thing about, you know, six packs and, and, and uh, flab on their, on their sides, you know, love handles. And uh, if they still have biceps that, that are, you know, that you can see from, from you know, uh, they don't, you don't have to make a Across muscle. Across the street. <laughs> yeah, how they look in a, in, a, in a tank top or things like that. But for women, oh, my goodness. I just can't imagine the pressure that must be on women once they get into their 20s yeah, about, about how, you know, well, there's such a younger, tighter, fitter version out there of women that are that are always held up as the ideal. Yeah, it's hard. I remember when I was probably in my 20s um, going to the lady doctor um, for my annual exam or something, and I remember you know, that's a hard thing for women to do because that's a very private exam, right? right? Sure. And, um, and I remember laying there and uh, like sucking my stomach in and the doctor's like, stop, you don't need to suck in your stomach. I'm like, yeah, but I, you know, I'm just self-conscious. And he said, Lisa, we have women come in here of all shapes and sizes. And he was just telling me some, I'm, I'll spare you all the stories, but he was just telling me some stories about things sometimes that have to be done to get to certain parts of people's bodies, you know, in order to examine them alone. Mm. I never forgot that in a million years. And even those people, I'm sure, feel very, you, you just feel self-conscious. You know, my mom in her final days when we had to, um, you know, help clean her and, and, you know, wash her and take, she'd have to take her clothes off. We'd have to help her go to the bathroom. She was so embarrassed, but she was embarrassed because of the opposite side of it. I'm so thin. You can see my bones. I'm nothing but a skeleton. Um, so that's at 85 years old and, you know, five days away from death. And she was still worried about it. So it's, I think it's something that's always going to be with us. And, I think we just need a doctor to say, hey, man, I see 700 bodies a week. Uh, it's, it's nothing but skin to me and right. uh, organs. <laughs> but I think your mother's example is a really good one because, as you point out, at that point, she was fighting to stay alive. And she was looking at her body and she was self-conscious about her body because it did not look healthy. And she yes. had you know, become so skinny and... And I went through a similar thing with both my mother and my father. I mean, my mother needed so much help. They were both stroke victims at the end, and they needed so much help to be lifted. And you end up lifting your mother in areas that, you know, you never would have touched when you were yes. younger. And, you know, you just can't think twice about it anymore. That's how you have to lift her. That's where you have to put your your arm has to go there in order to, to, to lift her. And same thing with my father, who was having um, difficulty going to the bathroom. And, uh, and, and couldn't really wipe himself. And yeah. towards the end, you know, we had to do that. And uh, it was, you realize, well, wait a minute. At this point, they are, they're not embarrassed. They need help. And this is probably the most embarrassing thing that a person could go through. Yes. The most sort of 
self-conscious thing that a thing could go through. And as Maury is saying, I, I let it go. Well, if you can let it go at those moments, when you need somebody to wipe your rear end, when you need somebody to reach down your throat to pull up phlegm, when you need somebody to you know, examine you and you're at your absolute broken worst as a body, then shouldn't we be a little less self-conscious when all we're a little, all we really have to be ashamed of, quote unquote, is 10 extra pounds or, uh, you know, uh, an Audi belly button or the fact that we haven't, <laughs> uh, we haven't worked our pecs as, as, as much as we should, you know, or our rear ends a little fat or we should be reveling in the fact that we're healthy, reveling yeah. in the fact that we can get undressed on our own. Well, you know? that is true. I've gotten better as I've gotten older. I think maybe that's maybe that's true with most women. Well, maybe not most women because I think it depends on how you grew up as a woman. You know, I'm not a great beauty. It wasn't like men were like knocking down my door because I was so, you know, hot. Um <laughs> my my personality it will always be my personality and and hopefully that's what wins. Were they knocking down it, your door because of your personality? That's what they yeah, you know, I'm sure they were. No, they weren't even knocking that's down. That's what my they door. told me. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Like I think it's probably harder for women that depend on their looks during most right. of their life. And then when the, it gets to time, like now during menopause, women get bigger stomachs, stuff starts moving around, stuff starts sagging. It's not where it used to be. Um, right. You get these things under your arms that I never had before, right. Right. you know, like veins, blue things start popping up. You're like, good Lord. So I think I just finally went, you know what? I'm not here to impress anybody. I have my husband. He's got a, you know, he, he seems to appreciate me the way I am. So, you know, let it go. I don't care. Yeah. And, and well, I have female doctors, too, for the most part. So that makes me feel a little bit better, too. We'll be back with more Tuesday People right after this. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Saks.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG.
Well, you're, you're talking uh, about something that Maury addressed for sure. Um, I, I really kind of asked him that question point blank in our discussion. Listen. Do you uh, look now with sort of um, amusement or, or uh, wisdom of your experience at how our culture is so physically oriented? So beauty, muscle, how you look. People spend so much time having their faces lifted when they get old. Nose straight. Nose is straight. And, um, Hair combed. Yeah, yeah, everything. I mean, has that? Has, what wisdom can you shed on that, given given your perspective now? Well, it could be a dual perspective. It could be one that say of aesthetics that it is more attractive from an aesthetic point of view to be that way. That would be the positive view. The negative view would be that instead of paying attention to one's character, to one's human beingness, to one's internal soul, if you like, you focus on the outside and try to make that good, beautiful, what have you. And it's a way of avoiding what is, from my point of view, or should be the real focus. And of course, it's the other thing of focusing on beauty, youth, and so on. Of course, you're further away from death, presumably. And all that physical activity is running away from death. See? Yeah, so now isn't that interesting? Personality, now, reasons- Mitch. Inside, your insides are what counts. Right. Well, he made two really good points there. One was the uh, what you're saying, which is if you're so busy focusing on the outside, it's hard to hard to focus on the inside. And I know people say, well, why can't I be beautiful and nice at the same time? And you can. Of course you can. And there's nothing the matter with trying to be aesthetically as attractive as you can be. But the danger, and I guess what we're talking about in this show is the danger of the focus is you put so much focus on that outside, it takes time. Mm-hmm. It takes time to do go to the gym. It takes time to get the makeup on. It takes time to get the right clothes. It takes time to do all that. And there's only so many hours in the day. And if that's how you're spending your time, then chances are you may not be spending your time on trying to focus on what kind of person you are, you know, and, and, and as Maury said. Uh, so that's the danger of that. If you spend so much time on, on that and, and you get your evaluation from people on, oh, you look so nice. You know, if somebody doesn't say to you, oh, you look so nice. Have you lost weight? You're so thin. Your figure's amazing. You're in incredible <laughs> shape. If you're looking for those compliments, then your focus is on that. And yeah. it is hard to do both things at the same time. Now, his second point, which I think is really e- interesting is that we do this to run away from death. The longer we look in the mirror and see our younger selves, the more we feel, well, we're, we're like that again, and we're young, and, we're, and death, death is far on the horizon. Death isn't mm-hmm. close. I, mm-hmm. I admit that there's a picture that uh, was taken of me when I was in college. Uh, coming out of the, the door of my dorm room, one of the guys was, I said, let me take a picture, whatever. And I wasn't wearing a shirt. 
And I was, you know, my arm was up on the kind of the door frame. And you can see what shape I was in, you know, from that, because I didn't have a shirt on. And I was in pretty good shape. So I've often looked at that photo and looked at myself now, tried to pose the same way. Mm-hmm. And, say to, and I say to myself, how far am I from that? You know, mm-hmm. well, that doesn't look that much different. My shoulders look kind of the same, you know. I mean, my skin's a little more blotted, you know, got a, got a few marks on it or things like that. But, you know, everything's kind of still there. And, and why do I do that? I mean, this picture was taken when I was 19. Right, that's like <laughs> that's why do a I long do time that? ago. Well, I mean, I guess I do it because, as Maury said, if I can still see at least a shadow of myself in that mm-hmm. picture, then there's part of me that feels like, well, I haven't gotten that much older. But of yeah. course, I have gotten that much older. The, the, you know, the, the years don't look at pictures. The years are the years. And mm-hmm. I'm 40 years out of college, so more than 40. So why would I expect that my body would look like it did 40 years earlier? But you want it to because you say the longer, you know, that was a time when I never thought about death. That was a time when I never thought about doctors or worried about cancer or thought about the, the worst case scenarios. I didn't give it, I didn't give it one second's thought. So if my body can look like that again, maybe I can be like that again. Maybe my mind and my heart will be that way again. I, mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I was fortunate enough to get a very good um, report from a pulmonologist earlier today who said to me, um, I took these breathing tests. You know, right. you have to do all kinds of s- s- different kinds of breaths and all that. And then they mark it on a chart. So when she came in to read me the report, she said, so you see this report? I said, yeah. She said, see all those red marks on your thing there? I said, yeah. She said, well, red usually indicates uh, ab- abnormal, you know. She said, but it usually indicates abnormal, meaning it's below. Yours are all red because they're above. They're like oh. so so high above what they should be. You've got like 125% lung capacity from, from what? what you should have. And I, yeah, and I was like, wow, okay, read that to me. And I, I ended up leaving there thinking, yes, you know, my lungs are, what was the word? Young. Right. My lungs are younger than I am. I scored higher than I'm supposed to were at my age. This, and this will save me. This will save me from dying from a lung thing. Now, of course, the, Thing that you never tell yourself is well there's a lot of other organs in your body besides your, your lungs buddy but that's yeah the but way that's I, good that's yeah, amazing it's great, it's great but but i'm not saying it to, to, to for any other reason i'm not trying to brag about my lungs i'm just saying that I got good I, lungs i felt yeah i fell victim to this very thing i immediately put it in the oh good that means i'm younger category that means you know like they said uh, oh this is like 20 you're like 20 years younger you're young that oh good I just got twenty years like yeah. I just got twenty more years to live I just moved back twenty years from the death square yeah and so I think Maury is is onto something here and I'm admitting this about myself onto something here that says that one of the ways that this whole physical beauty thing is that we are running away from death now I asked him about some of these obsessions that people had in staying in shape. Well, I'll be gentle. But I told you, I saw them work out of these gyms and the running and, you know, the concern and the vitamin 
and the this and that, which sometimes you find out isn't all that great anyway. But to me it bespeaks the fear of death. Everybody wants to distance himself from that. And of course, you keep young, you keep your body young, then you distance yourself. You think, you feel, or you hope. Whether it happens or not, you read about guys dropping dead while they're running, right. playing tennis, right. so on, so. Did you think no you guarantee. were doing, doing that before you got sick? I was going to the gym, but I wasn't that intense about it. I thought it'd be good to you know, get exercise. It all depends on your attitude and the degree to which you do it. Anything done in excess, you have to wonder about. If you do it in moderation, it's, it could be intelligent. So it's not the act alone, but what the motivation is and the intention. So again, there's going to the gym to stay in shape, and there's going mm -hmm. to the gym to beat death. There's going yep. to the gym to make sure you look as young as you used to. And I think that there's a, there's a wise point in life. I don't know what age it would be, but there's a wise point in life where you can say, you know what? I'm grateful that this body works. Yeah. And if I take off my shirt and the doctor gives me a good lung report, I'm going to revel in that good lung report and not, yeah, but I looked so flabby when I saw myself in the mirror in the doctor's office, or I was so self-conscious about it. You know, this, I, my belly was over my waist and, and God, I, I got to go on a diet. Instead of torturing ourselves over, over our looks, we should be grateful for that our body functions at all. My wife said to me uh, a couple of weeks ago when I was complaining about something that bothered me, and I, I was kind of obsessing over it, and she said, well, just think about all the things in your body that are working. Yeah. You know, all the things that you're not complaining, your heart's working and you got no problem, your brain is working and you got no problem with it, your lungs are working, you're not complaining about it, your legs work, your arms work. And she was right. And I, when I say my prayers in the morning and I have a little ritual, I get up and I say, you know, a series of prayers of gratitude in the morning. The first thing I say is, thank you, God, for, for, for waking me up and giving me feeling in my hands, my feet at my toes and, and my body, you know, because I remember Maury, you know, saying when he dreamt at night, he was healthy. Wow. In dreams, that's interesting. His, in his dreams, he, his body was young and healthy. And when mm. he woke up, he was reminded, oh, I can't move. Ah, and, that's something. And, yeah. And so I always thank God that, wait a minute, I'm moving, you know, already. I'm so blessed compared to people who don't have that ability, who wake up in a wheelchair or need help getting out of bed or have ALS or whatever. So right off the bat, it's thank you for the feeling in my hands, my feet, and my toes, and then I work around from there. And I think that's what Maury is, is saying here. You know, it's okay to work out. It's okay to try to be beautiful. There's no problem with it. But appreciate the fact that things function. And certainly in his case, he had to face the fact that they weren't functioning and he had to learn to deal with, okay, well, I can't do that anymore. I can't do that anymore. Well, if all we have to deal with is, well, I can't, I can't tuck my waist into a 31 inch jeans anymore, <laughs> or, you know, I can't, uh, I can't, Lord. <laughs> I, yeah, 
I can't, I can't fit my uh, thigh into a pair of 31 inch jeans anymore or, or into the I, waist I, section. I can't put the, that, that, that tank top on and uh, see my, you know, deltoids bulging or I can't put on a bikini and see how flat my stomach is anymore. But the body's working and the mind is working. Right. We ought to be grateful for those things. So that's kind of the point of today's lesson is not to obsess about the packaging. I remember Maury saying at one time, people shouldn't be embarrassed when they come and they see me. I'm lying here. I'm, you know, like a, a rag. Uh, you know, his body was basically like a dish rag. You know, it, yeah. it, it flopped. It didn't have any, he couldn't move. And he, his legs couldn't move. His arms could barely move. He could barely turn his head. It was just like a wet rag. But he would say, pay no attention to my body. That's not me. That's the mm. carton I was shipped in. Ah. Okay? That's the carton I was shipped in. And think about it. Uh, when you first get a new computer or television, you keep the box, right? Yes. So let's keep the box. It's all new. <laughs> let's keep the box. And then eventually the box ends up in the garage, and then it ends up with stuff in it, and then it ends up getting wet, and then it ends up ripping. Spiders. Yeah, eventually the box is useless and you throw the box out and you still don't say, well, I, I can't enjoy the television anymore because the box is destroyed. Yes. You say, no, I, I you know, I'm, I'm having enjoyment. What was in the box? Well, it's the same thing with human beings. So the box that we're shipped in is not, not so important. And that box that we're shipped in is not so important. Try to remember that and remember that when we were talking about our physical selves. And next time you go to the doctor, don't feel so self-conscious about taking your clothes off. In fact, walk in and rip your clothes off. Just I'm going to do that the next time. <laughs> walk in and then the doctor say, we can look up and say, uh, I, don't, I don't actually need you to take your clothes off. This yeah. is not that exam. Yeah. Yeah, they'll say, uh, Lisa, this is your dentist appointment. <laughs> yes, right. Exactly. <laughs> well, we hope you uh, enjoyed uh, this week's podcast. We do this every Tuesday. You can find out more about us at wetuesdaypeople.com on the web previous shows and discussion groups and the like. Until we get a chance to have a nice discussion with you again with Lisa Goich, I'm Mitch Album saying see you next Tuesday. Thank you for listening to Tuesday People. To be part of our conversation, join the Tuesday People community at wetuesdaypeople.com Subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss an episode and share it with your friends. We look forward to having you with us every Tuesday because after all, we're Tuesday People. <laughs>